Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the privilege it is to be able to gather with brothers and sisters in Christ, that we're not in solitary confinement in a prison somewhere on our own, but we are free, and we're free to gather with brothers and sisters who can encourage us and spur us on in the faith. Lord, we thank you that we also have your word, which draws us closer to yourself. Lord, we pray that you may help me this morning. May I be able to speak clearly as I proclaim the message from your word. And we pray that it may strengthen us to follow you all the more faithfully. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think we all appreciate the great blessing of language, to be able to speak to others and then to be able to understand us when we speak. Last week, I found this to be uh, something that was renewed in my heart, the blessing of language, because I, of course, lost my voice. The reason uh, Ray preached last Sunday is because I was not able to communicate. Uh, My voice was really struggling. I thought that I could get it through, uh, but certain syllables dropped out of words uh, without me even being able to control it. No matter how much I uh, projected my voice, it just wasn't there. And we recognise that language is a great blessing. To be able to communicate with others effectively around us, it is indeed a blessing. And this morning we're going to look at people who had great blessing and then what they used that blessing for. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 11, where we read the, uh, the famous story, the famous tale of the Tower of Babel. And the first thing we need to notice about Genesis chapter 11 is the blessings of God. The blessings of God. That's my first main point this morning, the blessings of God. If you want to follow my main points, they're there on the back of the church bulletin, and you can see them there and follow along. The first thing we notice about in, in chapter 11 of Genesis is the blessings of God. And we see the blessing that they have is great communication. What do we read in verse 1? Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. They had one language and a common speech. As I said before, it is a great blessing to be able to speak to others and them to understand what we're saying. That comes particularly clear when we lose our voice. But imagine this. This is a blessing that I can't even imagine, that I was ab- would be able to communicate with everybody that I came across that we all share the same language. This is an immense blessing. If you've ever tried to learn another language, you understand pretty quickly how difficult it is to learn another language. And so it is an amazing thing to be able to speak to anybody that you come across and be able to communicate effectively with them. And things like accents are not a problem as well because, of course, Everybody would have a similar accent because they've all got the same language. One of the things that I do struggle with some people that do know some English is then trying to work out what is the English word that they are actually saying because the accent is so strong that I can't make it out. This is an immense blessing that these people had here in Genesis chapter 11, that everybody had the same language at this early stage in the world. But did they have any other blessings? Yes, they do. One of the other blessings they have is the blessing with the ability to build large buildings of construction. They have the skill of construction. And we see that there in verse 3. Verse 3 in Genesis chapter 11, which is found on page 10 of your black church Bibles. Verse 3 we we see, They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. 
they use brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. These people have the ability to actually make bricks. Now, I don't know much about building construction, but I believe bricks are pretty handy things to have. They're pretty, um, pretty good at making buildings if you have bricks because bricks are strong, they're reliable, they're fire-resistant because they've been baked, and they have the flexibility uh, for building designs. So whereas stones, it's much harder uh, to be able to put all the stones together to make a building, whereas bricks, bricks, you shape them in a particular way, and then they're all the same, and you keep building on top of each other. And so this is a great blessing that these people have, the ability to do construction and do construction easily and quickly with these bricks. So the question is then, these people have great blessing. What do they do with the blessing of being able to communicate effectively with one another and being able to make buildings which are going to stay up and protect them from the elements? What do they do with that blessing? Well, that leads me to my second main point, the sin of man, the sin of these humans. These humans take the good blessings that God has given them and exalt themselves instead. We see that in verse 4. We see they want to make... Uh, plan to make themselves a city in verse 4. Then they come, they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. What is their problem? What is they doing wrong that's a sin? Well, they're building a tower. Is that a problem? Making a city, building towers? Should we all vacate Sydney tomorrow if you live in a tower? If you live in an apartment building, should you get out? Is that a problem? No, it's what they're doing by building these cities, by building the towers. What is the objective that they have? Well, it's to make a name for themselves. See that there in the verse of end, at the end of verse 4. So that we may make a name for ourselves. They want to exalt themselves. They've taken this blessing of great ability to communicate with others and they've taken this great blessing of being able to build effectively and they're saying we're going to use it to say how great we are and not how great God is in allowing us to communicate effectively with one another and allowing us to build buildings so that we can be protected from the elements. That is the problem. And what's the other problem? Well, the rest of verse 4 says, So we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Their sin is is the resistance to being scattered across the whole earth. How is that a sin? Well, we know in earlier in Genesis chapter 1 that humans, Adam, was commanded to indeed fill the whole earth. Turn with me back to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, page 2 of your church Bibles. <coughs> Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And then it says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and on every, over every living creature that moves on the ground. They're meant to fill the earth. They're not meant to stay in one spot and exalt themselves. They're meant to scatter out across the earth. And so we see here that these humans have great blessing from God. I mean, just imagine if you could have the, if if you invented some way of being able to communicate with anybody on the planet. Google is trying to do something along those lines. But imagine if you had some little device, you spoke into it, and out the other end, it always came out 
exactly what you were saying but in another language. Or that you could remove all the languages from the planet and we all speak one common tongue. If you could do that, you could make a lot of money. These people had great blessing. But what were they using it for? They were using it so that they could make a name for themselves and not scatter across the earth. So what is the result of this sin? What happens? Well, that brings me to my third main point this morning, the judgment of God. The judgment of God. God sees what is going on. He's not oblivious to their actions. And we see that in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, verse 5, we read, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. God knows what's going on. And God knows what will happen if they continue in this way, exalting themselves, using the blessings that he has given him them. We see that in verse 6. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. God sees what is going on and he knows the consequences of their action. They're on a path of exalting themselves and if I let them continue exalting themselves in this way then nothing will be too hard for them. They'll get into further and further sin. They'll keep breaking more and more of my laws with this great blessing that I've given them. So what does God do? He judges them and he removes the blessing of the common language. We see that in verse 7. Verse 7 reads, Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. And then in verse 9, it says, That is why it's called Babel, 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 because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. We see there that he confuses their language in judgment of them. He takes away that great blessing they had of communication so that they cannot continue making a name for themselves. So what comes after God's judgment then? We see that these people have great blessing. We see that they sin. We see that they are judged. Now what happens? Well, that brings me to my fourth main point, the grace of God. The grace of God. We see that sin is actually limited by God's judgment. As God judges the people, then their sin is not able to continue in the way that it was previously. What do we read in verse 9? It says, that is why it's called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. What were they meant to do? They were meant to scatter over the whole of the face of the earth. What are they doing now because of God's judgment? They're breaking up into little groups of people who understand each other and moving away from each other. They're moving across the face of the whole earth. And so God's judgment is actually bringing them to not commit their sin anymore, but actually to do what God wanted them to do, scatter over the face of the whole earth. And then we see that God shows continued grace to them, not just by stopping them from continuing to commit further and further uh, serious sin, but God, throughout the rest of the Bible, shows grace upon grace to them. We see very shortly after this in Genesis chapter 12, God's grace that is shown to Abraham and the covenant that God makes with Abraham. But then we see that God ultimately shows grace again and again through the Bible leading up to the New Testament where we see God in his graciousness towards humanity reconcile people to himself and with one another. 
We see the division that happens here because of man's sin between God and man as people try to exalt themselves. But we see also the division that happens as you break your relationship with God, you break relationships with others around you. The language comes because the relationship is already broken with God. That different languages there come in because of that reason. And God in the New Testament shows that people start to be reconciled with one another again. Even this barrier of language is removed. God actually undoes some of what he did in by dividing people with language. And we see that in Acts chapter 2, that passage that we saw read before, the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Turn with me to page 1078, 1078 of the Black Church Bibles. Acts chapter 2, Jesus has died, been buried, raised to life, and then ascended up into heaven. He's left his disciples, told them to proclaim his name, and then this day of Pentecost comes, and the Holy Spirit ascends and unites people together. How? By taking away the barrier of language. It's an amazing thing that happens in verse 5 of of Acts chapter 2. We read, Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound the sound of like a rushing of a great wind, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, not people who are uh, uh, Jews who may have kept up some sort of language back here home in Jerusalem, but we're seeing people who are converts to Judaism from Rome that are here and they know the language. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. What has happened here? God's grace. He has allowed people to actually communicate effectively and overcome that language barrier that was brought into the world because of sin. Why is God doing this? Why is God suddenly saying, okay, Tower of Babel, we'll forget about that. Now everybody, you can start having language skills at the drop of a hat. Why does God do that? It's because he's given this language ability so that people can make a name not for themselves but a name for God. He doesn't allow the disciples here to speak in other languages so that they can say how great we are that we suddenly are able to speak fluently in other tongues. But it's so that God's power so that God's name may be exalted and so that the early church kicks off to a great start as many people come in and say, this has to be of God. We know if it was of humans, people can't do this. When humans try to make a name for themselves, things get confused. But this has to be of God and his grace toward us. Now, how else is God making a name for himself? How else is God showing his grace? Is it just by removing this language barrier? No, it's by uniting people, not just in language, but in all parts of their lives. 
God starts to unite them through Jesus Christ. He unites them through the Holy Spirit who gives this blessing of language to these uh, early apostles. But then he also unites us in Jesus Christ. And we see that in Ephesians 2, verse 11. Ephesians 2, verse 11, page 1157. 1157. 1157 of the Black Church Bibles. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. We're going to see Paul show that there's two groups have now come together. There are non-Jews and there are Jews. Non-Jews are called Gentiles. And they have been brought together in Jesus. Verse 11 says, Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, you're non-Jews, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. There was this barrier between Jews and non-Jews in the past. But now through the blood of Christ, you are brought together. And he continues in verse 14. He says, for he himself, that's Jesus, is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near, for through him we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. God has done this amazing thing. We see at the Tower of Babel that people are divided and all through human history people have been divided. War upon war, battle after battle, family conflict after family conflict has occurred. But now in Christ, that barrier is being removed. People are actually uniting. Whole nations are actually uniting together. Whole people groups, people from different nations are coming together because that dividing wall of hostility has been abolished through Jesus Christ. Now, why is God doing that? Why is he bringing people from all nations together? I mean, I look at this church and there are so many people from different nations even gathered here this morning. Why is God doing that? Why is he uniting people from so many different lands together and so they sit peacefully with one another and don't attack each other? Why is God doing that? Because he's making a name for himself through you. He doesn't want you to make a name for yourself by destroying the dividing wall of hostility between people groups and between individuals. He wants you to make a name for him. He's building a tower. He's building a city. Like those people in Genesis 11 were building a tower, building a city. God builds a city too. But it's a city for him and his name. We read about God building this building in many parts of the New Testament. And one place is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Turn with me to 1,201 of the church Bibles. 1,201, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Where we see what God is doing by pulling people 
together and saving them. What do we see that he's doing? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, we read, As you come to him, the living stone, that's Jesus, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, like baked bricks, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they're destined for. God has one big stone that he is building his church upon, and that is Jesus Christ. And he then takes us as living stones there, making us into a spiritual house upon Jesus Christ. Now, some people see that big stone and they stumble over it, and they are crushed as a result. That's what it's talking about there in verse 7 and verse 8. It's a stone that causes men to stumble, it says in verse 8, and a rock that makes them fall. They just can't get their head around Jesus Christ. But for other people, he unites them, brings them together, and builds a name for himself in that spiritual house built upon Jesus Christ. God is indeed uniting people by his grace. And he's doing it to make a name for himself. So where do you stand in all this teaching about the people of Babel and then what happens in the New Testament as God builds a spiritual house? Well, that brings me to my fifth main point this morning. God has blessed you. God has blessed you. God has given you many blessings, and just one blessing is the fact that you are able to communicate in a language with those around you. You may not be able to communicate with everybody that you speak to, but you do have the blessing to be able to communicate. I didn't last Sunday. My voice went. But that doesn't happen every day. We have many blessings from God. We have many other gifts, not just the gift of speech and being able to communicate with those around us, but we are materially wealthy, Our bodies are physically sound. Most of us have good, healthy bodies. God has blessed us in immense ways. Just like he blessed those people back in Genesis chapter 11. But then sadly you have used those gifts to make a name for yourself. All those blessings that God has given you, we do make a name for ourselves with as well. And that brings me to my sixth main point this morning. The sin of yourself. The sin of yourself. Every time you sin, every time you break one of God's laws, what are you doing? You're making a name for yourself and not God. You're saying, God, you don't get to say what I do with my life. No, I get to say what I do with my life. And what are you saying then? I am the the great one in this world, not God. Just like those people in Babel, they were saying We are the great ones on this earth. We don't want to exalt God. We want to exalt ourselves. What does that then mean if you do that, which we all have done? What does that mean? Well, the judgment of God comes on us. That's my seventh main point this morning, the judgment of God on you. God knows what you are doing every time you sin. And he knows 
what is at the heart of your reason for sinning, that you want to exalt yourself, that your pride has come into your life and you are wanting to show that you are better than God, that you know better than him. God knows that, just like he knew the people of Babel, that they, it wasn't as though somehow God was blind to what they were doing. He came down and saw what they were doing. He comes down regularly into your life and sees what you are up to. And he judges you accordingly. God judges you even in this life. Again and again, you will lose gifts that God has given you because of your sinfulness, because of the sinfulness of the world. We do not enjoy the blessings of God that we should have if we'd never sinned. God creates conflict even in our lives. He hampers our ability to use gifts. Even if we just take the example of communication, regularly we have problems communicating with others and it's because of our sin. I mean, sometimes it doesn't seem to be directly related to our sin. Like if your phone dies, well, obviously you lost communication with the person on the other end. Or if the internet drops out, you obviously lose communication. Why does that happen? Well, it's part of the breaking down of things in this world, the decay of things because of sin in this world as well. Yes, your phone dies because of sin. But you can see a greater correlation with your sin and your communication with others breaking down at other times as well. Conflict between you and other people, including even in your own family. That conflict comes along as a judgment from God because of your sin. Sometimes it can be direct misunderstandings. You said one thing, the other person didn't hear properly. Maybe they're going a bit deaf and that can be a part of the sin and suffering that's in this world as well. But often it just, it's not necessarily that they're deaf, they just misunderstood what you said. And then other times, you actually, with your sin, you cause fights. And so there's conflict between you and people around you, including in your own family, with your friends, with your neighbours. Because of your sin, God judges you and conflict arises. And God ultimately will bring you to a state of non-communication for all eternity in judgment for what you've done. You taking the blessings of God and making a name for yourself, sinning, God will judge you and take you to be in a place of eternal suffering called hell because of what you've done. And there'll be very little communication, I'm sure, going on in hell other than crying out, trying to communicate how much pain you are experiencing. God judges you for making a name for yourself like he judges the people in Babel for trying to make a name for themselves there. So is there no hope for you? Well, yes, there is hope. And that brings me to my eighth main point this morning. There is grace available. There is grace available. Judgment of God on your sin should awaken you to start building God's city instead of building your own city. Start exalting God's name, making a name for God, rather than making a name for yourself. We see that with the people of Babel. They stop sinning in that particular way because of the judgment of God. When you experience God's judgment, conflict happening around you, you should be reminded, oh, yes, what am I doing? I'm making a name for myself here. That's why this is happening. I've got to start making a name for God. How do you do that? Well, you need to repent. 
You need to say sorry to God for what you've done and turn from a life of sin, turn from that and go in the other direction and start doing what God wants. And you need to trust in Jesus. You need to trust that Jesus Christ died for you so that you can have forgiveness for all those times that you've tried to make a name for yourself rather than God. And the amazing thing is God forgives you through Jesus' blood. All those times that you've created conflict in your own life through sin, God forgives them. And that eternal punishment that you deserve for your sin, it's put upon Jesus and his shoulders. And so if you're not a Christian... I encourage you to do that today. Repent of trying to make a name for yourself and so that all these bad things have come into your life and one big bad thing is coming for the rest of eternity. Repent of your sin and trust that Jesus Christ died for you. And then build God's kingdom, not only in your own life by repentance and faith, but build it in other people's lives by sharing the gospel message with others, sharing with others that they too need to repent of their sins and believe in Jesus Christ. Point out to them the problems in this world are sin-created. They've come about because of sin. Do you realise, say to your friends and family, that the problems in this world are because of sin and we need to turn from our sins and trust in Jesus Christ if we're going to find true joy in this world. Start doing that. Lead other people to Christ. Build them into God's kingdom. Help fashion them by rebuking them and training them in what it means to follow God. Use the gifts that God has given you, not to make a name for yourself, but to make a name for God. And for his son, Jesus Christ. And it's amazing. As you build a name for God, you'll find that gradually God's judgment on you is removed more and more. There are many blessings that do come to those who follow God faithfully in this world. It's not always the case. I don't preach a prosperity doctrine here in this church because I think it's a false and it's an anti-gospel. But the Bible promises again and again in the, in the scriptures that those who are righteous, generally speaking, enjoy greater prosperity on the earth. If you follow God and keep his laws, you, generally speaking, you will have a happier time. God blesses you and you find a great joy just in Christ in himself. God blesses the righteous. And then one day, ultimately... You'll be blessed for all eternity in a very perfect way. Your communication skills will improve as you become a, if you become a Christian. You'll be able to communicate more effectively. As you teach the gospel again and again, it gets easier and easier. And then ultimately, we'll be able to communicate effectively, perfectly in heaven. And I look forward to that day. So are you still trying to make a name for yourself? All of us are guilty of that. The question is, are you still trying to make a name for yourself? Are you still acting like the people in Babel? Are you unhappy with your life? Do you struggle to find joy? Do you find it difficult to communicate with others? Are you regularly in conflict with those around you? With your friends, with your families, with your next-door neighbours, with the people at work? Are you in conflict with them? Is the reason... 
because God is judging you for the sin that you are committing. Are you sinning towards those people around you? And so it's not surprising that you don't communicate effectively with them. It always amazes me when people get angry at God for taking blessings out of their lives. And yet I look at their lives and look at the blessings that they had, which have now been removed, and you see that the way they used those blessings was all for themselves. They were making a name for themselves. They were building their own tower of exaltation. And so now suddenly God takes away that blessing and they get angry with God. Is it that surprising that God would take that blessing away? When all they were doing was using the God-given blessing to make a name for themselves? Is that you? That you find that you are angry with God for taking things away, but when you actually look at it, you think about those blessings that he's taken away and how you use them for your own exaltation? If that is you, repent of doing that. Trust in Jesus Christ and you will find that you have an increasing peace in your life, peace between you and God and peace between you and fellow man. Let us come to our God in prayer. Let us speak with him now. Heavenly Father, you do indeed know all things. You know when we sin. It is not as though our sin is hidden from you. And Lord, you do indeed judge us. Just as we see that you knew about these people as they made a name for themselves at Babel. And Lord, we see that you judge them for their sin by confusing their speech. Lord, we recognize that you have judged us for our sin. That the many problems in our lives are because of our sin. Either directly or indirectly. Lord, we pray that we may all repent of making a name for ourselves. And Lord, we pray that we may instead make a name for you. May we trust in Jesus Christ and be built upon him as a living stone in your tower, not our own tower. And may we experience your blessing one after another here in this life and in the life to come. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.